Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. So there's that. But Allison, I think I saw her join the group. Just make sure you request to join in. Let's see. Should be able to send you an invite here. Okay. I sent you over an invite. Hey. I wasn't going to wear my robe, and I decided that I was going to because I'm freezing. So, there's that for you. So, (laughs) it's the normal. But what's up, Allison? Welcome. Nothing much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. What? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. I'm gonna try to record this for the podcast podcast as well to see if it can like pick up the audio, but I'm really excited to talk about today's topic because this is something that I get asked over and over about. And that is just lifestyle versus prep or like wanting to look like a competitor and not compete and just all of this madness. So I'm just going to dive right into it. But Allison, why don't you um, tell me your thoughts on like lifestyle versus prep and like what you hear? Um, Honestly, I think that a lot of people say they say they want to prep for a show, but they really like don't understand what it takes. Yeah, and um, they might think they want to prep for a show, but in reality, the physique they're looking for and like the habits and the lifestyle that they're looking for is more just lifestyle. You don't need to hop into a prep to track your macros or go to the gym yeah you don't you don't need to identify as a competitor in order to like live a healthy lifestyle and honestly like as a competitor half of what we do is not healthy at all no not at all I mean clearly well I'm like joking that I'm sick right now but probably part of why I'm sick is because my immune system's run down from dieting so hard to be honest, because I live in Florida and it's July, so it's not even flu season. So there's that. Um, but you know, competitors, they might look strong and impressive on stage, but they're at their weakest point. They are not strong at all. Odds are they're probably very hungry and tired and depleted and hormones are a mess and emotions are a mess as well. And people have no idea. Yeah, I was, I actually remember like having this conversation with a lady, um, it was right before universe and I was getting my hair blown out and the lady doing my hair was, was talking to me and she was like, Oh, all the guys on stage, they look so strong and like, they're probably so strong. They could probably lift more than all of us. And I was like, honestly, like when you're on stage, like you're at your weakest Yeah, and like, when you're not shredded and you're in your off season, that's when you're the strongest, even though you don't look the part, um, that's when you're the strongest and like in prep is not, 
Yeah. You, not ideal for most people. You're just not consuming enough calories to so support your training. Um, and that's why you're getting weaker. But not only that is when you're dieting down, you do lose some muscle mass alongside with fat. And yeah. same goes for like bulking when you're adding weight, you do gain a little bit of muscle as long as you're training in that way. Um, yeah. But the opposite happens too when you're cutting. So you are losing muscle too. It's not just fat loss. Yeah. But, okay, so let's talk about the difference with tracking, like tracking macros. So Allison and I both utilize flexible dieting, um, which is tracking your protein, carbs, and fats during our preps. But what would you say the big difference is between lifestyle versus a bikini competitor? Well, with tracking, you basically have to be like 110% all in. Like you're tracking every single thing that goes into your mouth, like down to sodium and water. Um, like when you get into the last couple weeks, you're tracking condiments, you're tracking any, some seasonings have, um, calories. And so like, if you're just sprinkling it on there, it's not a lot, but if you load up on seasoning, like any prep, like your taste buds want all that flavor. Yeah. So like you're loading up on all these condiments and things and you have to track all that and as a lifestyle client, you would not be tracking yeah. all that. You wouldn't be tracking your greens. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't your be fish tracking, oils. Yeah. Your even your veggies. Like honestly, as if I was a lifestyle, just like when I'm done competing as a lifestyle, I'll probably still track macros, but like I won't track my two cups of spinach that I put in my eggs every morning yeah. because it's a little that like obsessive. 10 calories in it. Yeah. And so lifestyle versus prep, like lifestyle, you have a lot more freedom to track, like, I don't more I More loosely, calories. I would say. Yeah, more loosely. I won't be weighing everything out. Like, obviously, I think that everybody should track their macros and, like, utilize the food scale for some period of time in their life if they want to live a healthier lifestyle just because it helps you learn like portion sizes like now I can look at a portion of chicken or like I can Mm -hmm. go to the grocery store and pick up a zucchini and say that is going to be seven ounces of zucchini and I'll get home and weigh it and it's literally seven ounces of zucchini yeah you're just a lot more mindful of your portion sizes versus someone who's never tracked, who's like, oh, four ounces of chicken, and they, like, show, like, two hands. It's like, no, that's, like, six or six, eight, like. (laughs) Yeah, like, your palm is probably, my big hand says probably, like, five ounces, but. Yeah, and you're just more mindful when you're in prep. Like, you are tracking everything to a T. I'll never forget when I, like, weighed out my shredded lettuce, and I had my dad make a comment. He's like, you really need to weigh out your lettuce. You really need to weigh out your almond milk. And I was like, yeah, I do. Because in a prep, like everything counts. Yeah. Everything counts. Like even, and it's, it's crazy because the USDA like allows companies, if, if something's under five calories, they can label it as having zero calories. So like it may say it's zero calories, but it still adds up. Like, as a lifestyle client, like, I would not care at all about oh, yeah. that. But, like, in prep, if you're using a whole bottle of yellow mustard a week, yeah, that still has calories in it. 
like it may be labeled as zero, but they're allowed to do that, which is kind of messed up. But um, that's another topic. But yeah, it's just like things you become mindful of when you have to be hyper aware and track everything to a T. It, it, it all just really adds up. And, you know, as someone who's pursuing this as a lifestyle, you have to even ask yourself, will I be able to track everything to a T a hundred percent of the time? Will I be able to sacrifice like not being able to go out to eat? Like I can't even tell you the last time I've like casually gotten like Chipotle or even like a poke bowl, something that is healthy and very easy to track. I haven't gotten it because like, I don't want to risk not being on point with my macros. So it is very isolating. You're still, you still look at the ingredients and stuff like that. Like I, like, even now, because I've been tracking for so long, like, I can't go to a restaurant and look at what's in a dish and not, like, overanalyze what's in it. So it's sort of like a sacrifice you make, honestly, for the rest of your life when you go to the extreme of being in prep and tracking everything to a T. Like, you don't really look at food the same. Yeah, you look as, at it like numbers. Yeah, you look at it as protein, carbs, fats, calories. Um, and obviously that changes the further and further away you get from competing. Like once you stop and you go back to living a more lifestyle, um, like tracking in a more lifestyle way, I guess you could say, um, that becomes less and less. But like when you're in prep and right after, like everything is just a number. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is very consuming. So like if you're someone in a lifestyle and you're wanting to prep, I would recommend you tracking macros consistently for at least a year. Oh, absolutely. I tracked macros consistently for two years, two years straight Yeah. before. And I did my own like cutting and bulking phases. And I mean, I did when I was like bulking, I gave myself more freedom. Obviously I went out to eat, but I still like made the right choices and like mm-hmm. kind of planned ahead what I was going to be eating but yeah before I hopped into a prep or even considered prepping for a show um I tracked for a while and I made sure I understood like what was in food and portion sizes and yeah I the expectation of being a competitor versus just doing it as something I enjoy and not even just tracking but also the weight training like you have to have some sort of a athletic base and weight training for some time. Like I know, well, I did gymnastics for 10 years and have been weight training since I was 17 and I'm 24 now. And I will say, you know, my programming wasn't perfect. My nutrition wasn't on point. That's probably why I don't have more muscle mass. But even then, like I don't have a ton of muscle mass as it is. And it's frustrating, but it takes time to build a physique. Yeah, and you have to be realistic about that. Like, you don't want to go from being someone who's, like, working out is not part of their life or their routine at all to having this expectation of, like, jumping into a prep and, like, thinking that you're going to look like these girls that have been competing for five, ten years. Yeah. Like, you're not going to look like that, and I feel like that's a misconception that a lot of women especially have. Like, when they first start working out, they think they're going to get, like, huge and bulky like fast and I'm like girl like I literally I wish (laughs) I wish I could gain muscle that fast 
exactly like I've worked my tail off like it has been my focus for the past four years to try and gain muscle and I'm like I'm not bulky by any means like Mm -hmm. like I have muscle and I'm but like when I'm not shredded I don't look like I have that much muscle you know yeah even though you do (laughs) we all do we just well that's the other thing too I will say like once you prep you'll never see your body the same like you have prep goggles and Allison and I are always like texting each other. We're like, what do you think? Like, how do I look? I don't know. I look bad. I look good. I don't know. And you just don't see yourself right. Like I get, of course you get the comments at the gym where people are like, wow, you look amazing. And then sometimes when you submit progress pictures, a sentence could be worded a little bit weird from a coach. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready. You're just like a really sensitive, like, you're very yeah. emotional. You don't see yourself right. And I think that's the hardest part is like, I went back into my archives of when I first started prep and I was like, wow, I thought I looked lean then. I was like, and I looked yeah. like shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I'll do that sometimes when I'm like super unmotivated. I'll like look back at like my very first check-ins and I'm like, oh my God, like that's what I looked like. Yeah. Like then you look back at your like previous shows and you can like compare. And I think that's sort of cool because since prep is such an extreme, like you can make a lot of progress in a short amount of time because you're pushing your body to an extreme. Like even in the off season, like you can completely change the way your body looks. Um, if you put 110% effort into it and you'll see changes pretty rapidly versus like in a lifestyle, it, because you want it to be more sustainable, it's like a little bit slower. And I would want it to be like, I wouldn't want to be losing pounds and pounds a week if I was a lifestyle client. Because, yeah. I mean, that's not realistic and it's going to slow down at some point, but mm-hmm. um, you just want it to be sustainable. And Well, the other thing too is like, as someone in a lifestyle, you're going to want things like an untracked meal and you're going to want to go out on like date nights and stuff like that. And like when your family comes to town, you don't want to be like the weirdo that brings Tupperware with you, which if you're a lifestyle client and you're doing that, you need to reassess your plan. Like that's not what you should be doing unless you're preparing for a specific event or a photo shoot or something like that. I guess I get the extremes there, but that's taking it too far. Yeah. Like as a lifestyle client, you should, you should be learning the skills in order to like be able to go out and make a healthy choice ordering chicken with steamed veggies and like sweet potato fries on the side or something like that instead of bringing a salad or only ordering like lettuce and chicken like yeah that's some like that's what you should be learning as a lifestyle client that's what makes it sustainable and that's what makes it a lifestyle not prepping for a show like I like that you called it a skill too because it really is a skill like it's yeah. not easy to become mindful of your food choices and to understand like what's in your food. It takes time to have that awareness. So like, if you don't get it off the bat, if you're someone who's like, yeah, I'm thinking about competing, but like, I want to make this a lifestyle first and you're trying to track and you're not getting it perfect right off the bat, be patient with yourself. Like realize that, I mean, I know when I first started tracking, it was a freaking hot mess. Like I couldn't hit my numbers for a long time. And now it's like so easy. I could have the weirdest numbers left over and I would be able to hit it easily um but that doesn't happen overnight yeah and it's it's all about consistency like 
you just want to, like, before you learn that skill of, like, being able to go out and knowing what's in food, like, you should be able to hit your macros, like, within, I'd say, as a lifestyle client, within 10 grams, Mm -hmm. um, 5 to 10 grams, um, like, pretty consistently before, I'd say, you'd master knowing what's in food. Like, you shouldn't have 30 grams of protein left at the end of the night and be over your carbs and fats by, like, 50. Like, that's not hitting your numbers properly. Um, The other thing, too, is, like, you got to get into the habit of hitting your numbers when you don't feel like hitting your numbers. Yeah. Because if you're someone who wants to prep, you have to hit your numbers when you don't want to hit your numbers. Um, And that goes for both directions. Like, there's going to be days where you're not very hungry and, like, you have to, like, force yourself to hit them. Uh, That could go for someone who's in, like, a reverse diet or a bulking phase. Um, And even... you. Like, right now you're sick and you don't have an appetite, but, like, you still need to fuel your body and you still need to hit your numbers in order for your your body to, like... Your body... Like, the human body craves consistency. Like, it doesn't like when you're eating a crap ton one day and nothing that next day or when your sleep schedule's off or when, like, you're drinking weird drinks or something like that. Like, your body craves consistency and that's why it's so important to be consistent with, like, your training, your nutrition, your water, your sleep, all that in order to see fat loss. Yeah. Um, or muscle gain, whatever your goal is. Um, but, yeah, it's important to be consistent with your your food in your training and just your, your routines yeah your whole routine that's I like, mean that's pretty easy for me because I like my personality type I like love being in a routine I love waking up at the same time and like doing the same thing every day but some people like to be spontaneous so if you're you if you have that kind of personality where you like to be cons- or you like to be spontaneous and you like to be able to just like go out and do this and not go to the gym one day you might want to rethink if for you yeah because it's if you're a type a structure it's great yeah but if you don't like structure in your life like it's not something you're gonna have to work really 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 hard if you really want to compete because that's more than just changing your nutrition and training habits that's changing pretty much everything about your lifestyle that you currently do so yeah so let's talk about the check-in process um And so one thing I see as a coach with lifestyle clients is if they feel like they've messed up or they weren't perfect, sometimes they won't check in. I mean, I've been, I know I've I've done that before. I know. Like coming out of a show when I'm like, like last year I rebounded pretty badly and I was like embarrassed and it I didn't want to like take pictures of myself and like send it to my coach because I felt like failure, honestly. And like, I, but sharing that with them, well, one, it keeps you accountable because you're paying the coach. And if you aren't utilizing their services, like you're wasting your money and you're wasting their time. Bingo. To, because like, why are you, I mean, they're going to take your money regardless of whether you, check-in or not so you might as well do it and have someone to hold you accountable and then when you do mess up like that's data for them 
for the coach and it's data for you as well to see like, okay, this is how bad I messed up and this is how my body responded. Yeah. Um, but also just like staying in communication with them like throughout the week, like you shouldn't, well, I have a different opinion on coaches that only respond to emails once a week. I think you should be able to reach out to your coach whenever and ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're struggling throughout the week, like for example, I got sick. Like I need to tell my coach that. Like I need to tell him what's going on, how, yeah, don't how I'm feeling. Your once weekly check-in to be like, oh, I messed up five days ago. Oh, by the way, I took three rest days because I felt like I was going to die. Like, yeah, no, I can't. I can't hold off. So you have to have open communication. Like, uh, this gets me going because like you're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes and not staying in communication and utilizing the service that you're paying for isn't going to get you anywhere. So utilize the service, check in, check in when you don't want to check in, check in when you feel great. Um, As a competitor, if you want to prep, you're going to have to check in weekly, if not twice a week with, you know, progressions to your plan. So you're going to have to get used to that and get used to taking pictures half naked. (laughs) And, and honestly, like, I struggle with this too, because you scroll through social media and as a competitor, you see people constantly posting like, oh, it just hit a new low way in. Like every single time they check in, they're like new low way in, new low way in, new low way in. And it's frustrating because sometimes like for the majority of people, you don't hit a new low way in every single week. No. This like is... fat loss is not linear. Like you, the, your body fluctuates weight, water weight, like based on how much sodium, water, how much, when you ate last, like stress, hormones, sickness, hormones. Yeah. So like you also have to realize as a lifestyle client that like your progress isn't going to be linear and it's not sustainable to be like at the beginning of your journey, whatever, like you may be losing two, three pounds a week. But mm-hmm. it, it'll it slow down. Like, you're going to plateau. And at, on average, it's like a half a pound to a pound a week, isn't yeah. it? Is like normal fat loss. That's an excellent or, fat loss. I get clients who, like, lose yeah. consistently a pound a week. And we're working together. It's been, like, 12 weeks. And they've dropped 12 pounds within that 12-week program. And they're upset. Yeah. And I was like, you lost 12 pounds in 12 weeks. That's incredible. Yeah. I just thought I would have lost 20. What? <laughs> and you see these magazines at the checkout that says lose 20 pounds in four weeks and like that's literally so not true no so unrealistic and I mean there are some people where the first three four weeks of their like weight loss they'll lose four pounds a week yeah but well that's mainly water weight and changing your your habits. The the other thing too is most women have dieted at a young age. Um, There's very few women that I know have never dieted in their life. And one of them is Natalie Matthews when she first started her prep because she was able to get stage lean and win her pro card eating around 1600 calories a day. Yeah. And that is because she never dieted before. So she's never quote unquote harmed her metabolism or downregulated her metabolism. Most women are not in that place. Like mm-hmm. we've dieted before, we've messed around with our metabolism, we've done stupid things to our bodies, and that's going to affect 
how your body responds to fat loss. So you're going to have to incorporate time when you're not cutting down the calories and reversing and building and then play around with the cutting phase. And that's why I think myself in this prep, it's been such a struggle because I've spent years and years prepping and my body's like, yo, I know what you're doing. Yeah. Like I got the metabolism of a freaking survival native. I don't know. And I can still repopulate the world and I don't know how with my protocols, (laughs) but apparently my body has caught on really well to what I do and it will fight you the more you do it. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe like you might not have ever like formally dieted in your life, but I feel like a lot of women under eat just in general, they might not consider themselves on a diet, but I feel like a lot of people just do under eat and they don't realize that like they could be eating a lot more, even if they are more sedentary. Like if you don't go to the gym five times a week, like you still need to fuel your body in order to like do the things you do and like have energy as like a parent or a wife or just like at your job, like you still yeah. need food in order to fuel yourself. Like if you're, well, if even, you're, under, you're not going to feel great. I see so many women too, who like just have a baby, like they just had a baby and they want to diet super low calorie. Like, oh no, but you need, you need those calories in order to produce breast milk for your child. Yeah. And you're burning and a lot of calories. Take care of them, so. It's, it's a full-time job. Like not only just yeah. taking care of yourself, yourself in a household, like odds are, if you have a baby, you might have a significant other and this child and maybe pets too holy crap, like, that's a lot of, like, added energy. And if you're not fueling your body properly, like, you're not going to feel great and you're not going to perform well and you're not going to, like, performing well doesn't just mean at the gym lifting weights. It's your day-to-day life. Yeah. And, like, so one thing I wanted to touch upon in this live is, in a prep, what have you noticed with taking things to the extreme and how it's affected your, like, day-to-day life? Your day-to-day life kind of takes the backseat. You really have to sit down and think about, like, what's a priority in your life. Okay. Obviously, like, if you're prepping for competition, like, prep is kind of number one. Number two is, like, your job where, like, the things you need to do. Like, I mean, if you're a wife, you can't really, like, ignore your husband. Or if you're, like, a parent, you need to take care of your kids. So that's another huge priority. Mm -hmm. So, like... Things like going to the park with, like, your girlfriends or something like that and, like, social events in general, things that take a lot of mental energy, um, I feel like take a huge backseat. Yeah. And I'm overall just, like, not as active. Like, I'll put off, like, doing laundry because that takes energy. I'll put off going to the grocery store as long as I can just so, like, I can do everything in one trip. Just like small tasks become so difficult. Yeah. And you don't like, you don't like move around as much. Like even just sitting here, like messing with my hair, messing with my shirt, like little teeny, like when you're on the phone and you're like walking around on the phone and you don't like notice that you're doing it. Like even those little things, that's part of your, like your neat, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's like those little movements like it adds up it adds up fast like I've noticed other than the fact that you know I'm not at 100% which fun fact did you know confusion's a side effect of the flu 
weird. Confusion. Yeah, literally confusion is a side effect. I was like, oh, that's me every day. Um, but my brain power is slower in prep. And that drives me crazy because I'm someone that I'm talking on my story a lot. And I do video message responses to my clients. So I need to be able to provide feedback and to be thorough and to use words. Be able to get your point across. Right. And to not like lose my train of thought. Like there's so many times this, oh, this has like caused actual fights in like relationships because someone will be talking to me and halfway through the conversation I've checked out and not purposely, but like, I literally just can't keep up with the conversation. Yeah. You're like, wait, what'd you say two minutes ago? I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. I'm like, wait, like, no. So that's one thing that affects me. And then, um, just little things too, like taking care of a household. Like I put off chores as much as I can. And even like playing with my dog, like the thought of playing with her as she's like passed out sleeping, like I should be playing with her more frequently, but I'm not because that requires energy. And I don't know, little things like that. They do bother me, but it's yeah. just temporary. Yeah. So like little things like take a backseat and like your number one priority is like having as much energy to do your training and your cardio. And like, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And in a lifestyle, that's not what it should be. Like yeah. I get so many lifestyle clients who are like, should I like have you ever wanted to jumpstart your fitness goals but you have no idea where to start that's why i developed the get fit in six challenge i started this challenge in 2019 ran a spring challenge as well and it has been thriving and just like my clients who participate what's the get fit in six it's a challenge where you are provided with customized macros, cardio recommendations, you get group support in a private Facebook community, a workout split that will keep you progressing and in the gym five times a week, and also a private check-in with me at week three with progressions to your plan. I developed the Get Fit in six because I understand that not everybody has the availability to check in weekly or even the finances to do so. So let me ask you, are you ready to get fit? And if you are, check out the description.